Hello, this is Trask Olgo, Ensign on the Indar Spire, and I am from Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic adaptation. You're listening to the Old Republic Podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show. For the Republic. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. everyone two years after you wanted it guess what we finally did the old republic podcast is now on stitcher so thank goodness for brian because i'm still kind of figuring out what an aux cord is but he figured out the stitcher situation that's right yeah i saw that we were not on stitcher um so i looked into rectifying that and yeah uh, excited to say you can now listen to us uh the older public podcast on stitcher if that is your platform of choice and uh we're available somewhere else so i was listening to my audiobook i was listening to fallen star and i had to take a break the higher public's getting a little heavy um and i was doing some searching there and found out that you can also listen to the older public podcast on audible so when you get done with your book listen to us there Yeah, that's nice that you're listening to one book. I'm kind of currently listening to just, you know, just like a small number, 11 books, you know. I can't really control my hyperfixations sometimes, so. The the secret is out now on how you beat me with all of your book reading. You do 11 at a time. I do one at a time. Uh, and then when I'm done with that one, I, I'm going to listen to the Old Republic podcast yeah. on Audible and on Stitcher. So. Yeah. Uh, so maybe someday I will be done with the one I'm listening to the most out of the 11, The Heroine's Journey by Gail Carriger. So yeah, uh, too long didn't listen. Uh, joke's on you because you have to listen to the whole thing to get to this point. But we're on Stitcher and we're on Audible <laughs> and we're adding it to all of our descriptions. So Have a good day. So, we're finally here. We have a bit of a cosplay episode today to share with you all. And today we are joined by Erica and Dom. And Erica is also on the Instagrams as uh, Vader Queen Zamora. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty excited to be here. Thanks for inviting us on. Yeah. So this will be like the first, uh, I guess, like uh, husband wife duo, you know, like on our on our podcast. Uh, Yeah. Or or maybe I should have checked. Like, are you guys married or like? A couple, like I can edit that out if you guys are married. So yes, we we are married. We just celebrated three years on Thursday. Oh yeah, I was going to I was going to say the very first picture on your Instagram page is a wedding anniversary picture from a couple days ago. So congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, uh, married three, been together since 2013, pretty much. Awesome. So cute. Uh, So. Yeah, it, it's great to be joined by you guys. Um, so, 
what kind of got you guys into Star Wars? Like, are your journeys kind of different? Um, um, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure how we each got into Star Wars. It's funny. We, we, we started talking, we started dating just because of our mutual interest in Star Wars, but I don't think we've really solidified of how we each got involved with Star Wars. For me, it kind of goes back all the way to as far as I can remember, like I grew up remember watching the original trilogy as we all probably have at some point or another. Um, I, I was born in the early 90s and, you know, that's all I really had was the original trilogy um, and also those two Ewok movies. And that's kind of like what started my journey. And then ultimately, you know, just growing up more with the prequels, Phantom Menace. Like I remember watching that at the local uh, Regal Theater that we have here. I remember going with my parents and my cousins and I was just like, whoa, like this is great. Um, and it just kind of went off with there. But uh, babe, how did, how did you start actually? I'm curious now. Um, <laughs> that's funny how we've never had this conversation before. Um, I, As far as I can remember, I, I think my stepfather showed us the prequels i believe he showed us the prequels and i first watched the prequels i actually didn't watch the originals i think until my 20s or 19 so i grew up mostly on the prequels i actually saw episode three in theaters they had like a 3d version that they brought back um huh? i got in like that i just always liked um nerdy stuff and it just it stuck to me um, and then I finally watched the originals. I got into those, and yeah, the rest is history. Awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. Dom kind of has the uh, uh, a little bit more typical path, I think. And then that's interesting that you totally saw the the prequels before the originals, and like saw the originals kind of like uh, at nineteen. That that's so cool. So, it, and we're not that far off on our age too. He's about shy of three years older than me so we kind of grew up in the same time frame like like the era mm -hmm. I, I just saw the prequels first before the originals there you yeah. go chronological order that's okay yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's kind of interestingly like for me i like i i can remember as far back as watching a new hope when there was a cut and maybe i'm i'm misremembering but I could have sworn there was a cut I saw as a kid where in that old when Luke first goes in the cantina there's a there's a panning shot going across and you can see a stormtrooper waving to the camera. I remember that image as a kid and I don't see that in any modern copies anymore like I guess that was a, an old old edition they cut it out for modern versions like on DVD and Blu-ray but I'm like that's as far back as my memory goes with those movies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think it's just like a false memory, but I'm like, no, I remember there was a trooper who literally <laughs> wasted the camera, but who knows? Yeah, they yeah. took out a lot of stuff, like with the modern technology. They took out that. I think they took out the guy with the boom mic where he's holding oh, yeah. his undies. <laughs> and, and, I, his, and his pink shorts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he, they also took out the scene in episode Six, I think it's an yeah no no episode four, where R two D two and C three PO just landed on Tatooine and they're walking off in the dunes. In the background, you see the escape pod open and you can see the blue screen. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. I think they took that out in the modern no. movies. Uh, I I think they might have fixed that for Blu ray, but in the, there's a DVD edition where that was still in there. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, it it's so interesting to see how the original trilogy has changed through the years, but I think my favorite change ever is McClunky. So, oh yeah, uh, because when Greedo <laughs> dies, he says McClunky. So, that's the most oh. recent change. Oh yeah. If you watch it on Disney Plus, that that's what we get. So, I I think it's hilarious. So. That's right, and that's the definitive version now. I think so. Yeah, and they yeah. changed um, how Han shot Greedo. Like they changed yeah, that, that whole that part. Weird jump cut kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it looks off. Yeah, like it's yeah. Um, it's interesting because Star Wars is just such an expansive saga. So many different films, so many different books, comic books, games. Uh, People have different entry points and and everything, um, and the fandom is is immense as well. And one of the facets, like I've been interested to kind of explore and learn more about, is cosplay. But uh, I haven't really ever done it and uh, haven't really learned that much about it. But um, I've kind of seen your page, Erica, and it seems like you, you do a lot of cosplay, and uh, could you tell us about that? Yeah, um, I think Dominic and I first got exposed to the costume groups, like Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, 501st, Saber mm-hmm. Guild. I think we first got introduced to it in 2015. We went to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. And okay. that was our first time going to a convention, and we saw all these people dressed up. And it's funny, now that I'm part of the cosplaying community, looking back at those photos, I follow those people on Instagram now. And, like, I, we've commented to each other back and forth. And it's funny how, like, back then we had no idea about this world and no idea about these people. So I think it was three years ago at our local little family con it's called the weekend blender um we met um a person that was in charge of the our area for 501st and she was doing a panel and i went up to her and i was talking to her about like how do we get involved how do we um cosplay and everything and she holds um armor parties here at her house so me and Dom were like, we don't know anybody, but we'll go to your house. <laughs> um, we'll bring pizza. And yeah. yeah, we went. We met a lot of new people. It was intimidating. We had no idea what anything meant. Everyone was talking in like code and like cosplay terms and like building kit terms. And we were so confused. But we left pretty like excited that day we became... Um, it's called auxiliary member for Mandalorian Mercs. It basically mm-hmm. means um, we can help with trooping. We become handlers. We help um, people kit up, put on their outfits, put it down, take it off. Um, when they're actually trooping, we help them with um, bird their eyes, basically, because when you put on that helmet, you can't see anything. Um, so with that, we met a lot of people and then we started working on our own um, Mandalorians. Um, I, we were both doing a custom at first, but we are both like very indecisive and trying to figure out what we want. And I ended up doing a um, cust- uh, cannon build for Bo-Katan. 
Okay. And then he was wanting to do more of like a Jingle Fett style. Um, and then that kind of went down the rabbit hole. And then we ended up going more towards Rebel Legion and 501st. We still have not finished our Mercs, but we went down the other two rabbit holes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the terms that uh, you kind of didn't understand at first? Oh, man. They were talking about of like a lot of uh, materials like EVA foam, um, the different types of plastics uh, like APS and these specific types of glues and whatnot. And, um, and it was just like it was a lot to take in because when we first went to that armor party at, at, at that lady's place and we saw all these people messing with different things and they were giving different things or giving different examples like, Oh yeah, you can do a, a Mandalorian kit using this type of plastic or this one or, or even that. And then you get this type of glue, blah, 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 blah. And we would just be like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And it just kind of like goes over our head at first. But then, um, that's like later that night or even that that same week Erica was doing a, a lot of research in terms of like the different materials I was doing more of like the creative side of like because um, there's like this program you can download or even on the Mando Mercs website I think where you can do like this 2D like rendering of a Mandalorian and you can mm. like pick the different colors and the different scenarios right I was going in that route and then after Erica was doing her um her research on like different materials she went down that same rabbit hole as i did of like drawing out her person the different colors like she had like a rose gold and teal color scheme going and i was going for the more black silver approach um and then we went to all the subsequent armor parties as they call them and we started like learning more and more and then we started buying materials those were like more the hard questions okay we kind of have an idea what we want to do we're what materials should we buy and that's where they said look up like abs plastic or the other uh plastic uh Sintra. Sintra, Sintra. there it is see that's the one i forgot that the, like, the <laughs> one key one i forgot Sintra uh, and PV, um, pvc pipe pvc that's what it was yeah. um and um uh, they're like oh yeah you can buy like a, a four by eight or four by two size of, of this plastic of the Sintra. you can go to like, these different stores that we never heard of before like the local hardware stores and I'm like, oh, I know, like, Home Depot or Lowe's. Uh, do you mean that? Like, no, you're better off looking over here or even on Amazon. So, like, it, it was a lot to take in. And over time, we started getting more and more used to, like, the the verbiage that everyone was talking about, the lingo. And then just even participating at these events as handlers, we got to see how things were being fitted together on a person. That was really cool and, and a lot of fun to be a part of. Uh, but yeah, it just took a while to get used to all that stuff. It's, it's a, like, she, like she said, it's, it's intimidating at first, but if you can stick with it and you let the creativity, like that rush, like just swallow you, you, you will get past that intimidation point and you just start like seeing everything for what it is. And then you kind of go from there. Yeah. And something that one of our friends, um, told us is like with, being part of cosplaying community or being part of these costume clubs, it's okay to know your skill level. Some people are great mm. at building their own things, great at with a heat gun, has a 3D printer, and other t- or sewing, and other times you know you're not. So 
it's okay for you to commission someone else to do something for you or even buy it online where it's good quality. It's basically know your skill and know what you're willing to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a learning process and no matter what it is, whether it's, uh, you know, video games or certain book series uh, or cosplay, like you don't need to gatekeep just like let people learn and like be excited that they're excited and learning something new. So. Yeah. And I think that's something that made Dominic and I actually go in like all for it is because that first meeting, all these strangers, it was so welcoming. And every time we've gone to honor parties, every time we've gone to events, everyone has been so welcoming that they're going to help us. Like um, the same person that told us about that skill um, he has made myself and Dom knee um, armor for our mercs and with no charge she just like I have extra I know how to do it here you go so it's yeah. kind of like they help you and you learn and then like for me when I decided to scrap my um, custom to do a bow all my mm-hmm. extra armor I had that I started cutting when new members came in I donated to them because I don't need it and I know it's it's all it's overwhelming and it's hard to find these things. So it's kind of like we all become a community and like a little family. Yeah. Uh, I I love that. Um how many how many costumes uh would you say you guys have designed and worn? Um I've only I've when it comes to like me actually my I'm doing stuff with my hand um that was my bow I got the armor because I didn't know how to make it and it came as ABS plastic so it was vacuum foamed into this this the shape and Mm -hmm. I had I cut it I sand it I did everything to it and that was about 90% done but overall I did a test fit and I didn't like how it looked on my body and the undersuit, I didn't like how it didn't feel secure. And of course, once I saw the new Mandalorian with Bo, I love that design way better than her Clone Wars. I like them both, but for my body type and the way the, the looks of the practicality, I like that. So I ended up scrapping Bo and doing a custom. That kit is my the one that I've done hands-on. Like, I've actually sanded for hours painted all this stuff my other two my basila and my kira those are both commissioned since it has to do a lot with details and sewing Mm -hmm. i personally did not do anything except for fix my boots with my basila because i had to take off some straps and my kira i just had to paint these like little grimleys that i got and that was all i needed to do because everything else i commissioned oh that's awesome yeah, and, and and then for me, um, I started working on my Mando kit, and this is now going like what three years now, I think, babe. Um, and the pieces were made out of Sintra, so it's like this hard plastic, and it comes in different millimeter sizes, so can, you get like a two or three or a six. So it's basically kind of like the thickness of that plastic, mm-hmm. and the thicker it is, the more durable uh, it's going to be. And so managed to trace out the pieces, cut them out, and basically they're like heat formed to the body 
So like with a heat gun, like like a very high end blow dryer, but uh, just a lot more hot. And basically it melts the plastic. And this is like, when it comes to the Mercs specifically for, for those kind of kits, it's like at least a two to three person job because you are the subject. It has to conform to your body and that, so someone needs to apply the heat to the plastic while it's on you and then they need to like still bend it some more and that's as far as i've gone with that kit and this is where eric and i differ a little bit she's a lot more creative and artistic with that stuff um like she was learning how to sew she had the drive and the patience for it i do not (laughs) (laughs) um so that's why the mercs the merc kit kind of fell off the bandwagon for me a little bit because Mm -hmm. i just for one lost interest and for me it was a lot of work um so then when it comes to cosplaying one of the people told us like it's like one of three things you have to consider it's like how much time do you have what's your financials uh like income um uh, and three um uh, so it was a time income and creativity like you know what's your mm-hmm. craftsmanship what's your skill level with that so for me you know I work a full-time job, now I'm working weekends, so I don't have all the time in the world to be working on something. Erica has more free time than I do. Like, she gets out of work earlier than me, so she had a lot more time to do her stuff. So long story short, I decided to invest more with commission pieces. So, like, right now, I have two completed kits that are made by a person based out in Florida who goes by Wicked Armor, and... um, he made me a Darth Revan and a Darth Nihilus kit, which are, you know, here, they're ready to go. I just had to buy uh, the boots and I think, and also some like black uh, pants and that was basically it. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of the community is that some people decide to make a, kind of like an income out of it. You know, they make mm-hmm. stuff for people and it conforms to their sizes. Um, so basically just give them your dimensions, your height, uh, your width, you know, whatever else, how, how long your arm is from like your shoulder to your wrist and they do everything else. Right. And so it was more expensive, but for me, it was more worthwhile because for one, it's characters that I like. And two, it saves me a lot of time and potential stress and frustration. If you've already perfected your craft, I'd rather pay you to do it. And that's perfectly fine, you know, and I'm more than okay and happy to give credit where credit is due just as much as like Erica with her kids or the next person or mine with Wicked Armor, you know, someone were to say, Dom, like, did you make yours? I'll say no, if Wicked Armor did, like, they deserve the credit, they made it, they did such a wonderful job and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, credit where credit's due. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. It's good to hear that there are, you know, several different points of entry for this because, yeah, when you look at it for, you know, someone like Cassie and myself who don't really have any experience with it, you know, it looks very much like it's going to take a lot of time or take a lot of money or, you know, take a lot of creativity. And like you said, everyone has kind of different situations that they are in. So it's, it's great to hear that you can, you know, there are a lot of different ways you can go about getting into this if this is something you're interested in doing. For sure. Yeah, and it's, it, and it's kind of uh, fascinating about, I would say like a year or two before that convention of uh, the Star Wars Celebration in 2015, I had bumped into another cosplayer, another local guy, and I had asked him, this is like really early on when we were starting to think about cosplaying. I had asked him like, oh, like what if I wanted to do like a stormtrooper, a TK unit as they call it. He Mm -hmm. said, if you really want to be like budget friendly, like you could like take 
those plastic tubs you can get like a walmart right that's just solid color and they're like 10 bucks or 15 bucks like you can get that kind of material and you cut it out and get like really creative with it a lot of people you wouldn't know the difference if if they Mm -hmm. do like a really good job you'd be surprised or even like uh the mandalorian buckets this is what surprised erica and i they told us uh like that first armor party or two that some people will go as far as getting like those cheap old buckets like that just simply holds water or whatever from like Home Depot and they'll turn that into a Mandalorian bucket. If you know what you're doing, like you can get away with a lot of stuff and people wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Wow. It, that, that's why our friends like how Adam said, like it's creativity. What do you know your skill? I know we know a lot of people that can make something like a household item or something like very basic into something that's part of their kit oh that's awesome and it's that probably harkens back to you know when they were making you know especially in like the original trilogy when they had to you know make 50 stormtrooper costumes you know they weren't you know hand making each of these they were just throwing them together because they needed to get them onto screen so mm-hmm. yeah and what's great also about um the cosplay community and the um clubs is if you're interested in a build um, there's so many Facebook groups, like you find, let's say like, um, a Bo-Katan build, right? You can find the Clone, War ver- Clone Wars version. You can find the Mandalorian version. Um, there's groups for Padme, for Night Sisters. There's so many. You just have to answer the, um, questions and they'll ask mm-hmm. you, is this more for fun or for Legion? So when we say like Legion, that's part of like the clubs, like Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, 501st. And they will tell you what vendors are good, who has good quality um, metal, plastic, sewing skills, and who are kind of wonky and who to stay away from. They have that. And then also in these costume clubs, you can sign up as a guest for the forums on some pages, and they have it there too. Like when I was doing my Kira, I looked at... um, the Outer Rim Forum for 501st. I looked up, it's called, I think, Mother of Crimson Dawn on Facebook, the group. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. also by networking online, you find so many people who already have done this costume. So I've reached out to people and they send me where they got their stuff. So I know it's good quality and I know it's. Even though, like, the people, like, um, on Etsy, they make it quality, like, really good quality, there is that disclaimer. Just because they follow the standards of Revelation or they follow standards of Fire First, that does not guarantee you're going to get approved. They're following mm-hmm. what it says, but there is that disclaimer. But at least you know that they're following the, the standards versus someone that's just have not following the standards. Because you don't want to put your money into something where your goal is to be approved with these clubs, it's better to do your research and figure out what will get you close to getting approved or almost there and you just need to do some tweaks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, like I said, because I knew that you had to had to get approval for, you know, some of those groups and things. So that, ma- that makes a lot of sense then that, you know, some would be, you know, more in line with what they're looking for um, and things like that. So, yeah, definitely good information and good resources if, that's you know, kind of kind of what your end end goal is is to get into one of these groups, right? Um, so you do uh, Kira and Basila, we know, um, and Dom. You said that you have uh, 
Revan and uh, Nihilus, uh, you know, cosplay outfits ready to go. Uh, what made you guys, you know, settle on uh, those characters? Was was it something about the character itself that you were drawn to or just the way that they looked or the way that the costume looked? Or uh, was it your deep love for Knights of the Old Republic? Because it's probably that. But uh, <laughs> uh, how did how did you uh, how did you pick these characters and, you know, what what kind of drew you to them? I think for, and I think this is safe for Eric and I to agree on that, you know, we do have some sort of connection to these characters for one reason or another, and we really, you know, like them, you know, like when Han Solo or the Solo movie came out, Erica loved Kira, and um, Erica discovered Bastila Shan through me with KOTOR, and I, I was actually kind of late with KOTOR, I didn't play it until like six years ago when I was like, mid-college and it had already been out for a while a long while mm-hmm. um but for me i love the sith i love those characters and when i was trying to just do research on like what characters are out there can i cosplay as and then i discovered wicked armor commissions them like fully right he makes the 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 mask the the outfit he'll cut out the capes right the armor pieces i was like i was sold like ooh, these characters are cool <laughs> i love these guys and like revan is probably my favorite sith lord uh, out of all of them, just because, you know, his whole history and whatnot in that story. Um, and then particularly with the Revan and Bastel characters for Erica and I, she had asked me, uh, before we even got these kits, these two particular kits, she had asked me, you know, is there is there like a duo couples cosplay you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, we could do Anakin and Padme. Uh, but for me, I don't like showing my face. I, I'm a little shy in public, and, you know, just standing mm-hmm. there with poses and whatnot. I wanted to go the mast route. But then that dawned on me, like, wait, there's Revan and Bastila. Like, they are a, a, they're a couple in the story. So she was like, oh, you know, who is Bastila? Like, I, I told her the whole spiel of, like, KOTOR and, like, who they are with each other. And she just fell in love with that character. Um, so that's kind of how those two came into play. Um, and then I also wanted Nihilus for a while now. Um, and I finally got him this past year, um, both of them actually during, during the pandemic. Um, and then, and so did Erica. Um, so that's how at least those particular characters came in for me. And for me, I've, like he said, I've never played KOTOR. I've always been one that gets motion sickness with video games. Um, my video games is like Super Mario, Kingdom Hearts a little bit and Animal Crossing. So my level of video games are very limited, Um, but I do want to play it on the Switch when it does come out. I'm hoping that I'll be fine with that. So my my knowledge of her and and, um, Revan is only what he has told me really and what I've seen from when he plays video games. So for sure, it wasn't an instant deep connection because I didn't know this character, but like learning about her and learning and seeing who she is that I got interested and she has a yellow lightsaber and yellow is my favorite color. So that was perfect. (laughs) Um, and then I think just like learning about her actually cosplaying about her, uh, cosplaying her that made me grow into the character more. And then, uh, for Han Solo, I did like Kira and I just like that. She was, I like the villains, like the good villains. I like those type mm-hmm. of characters and she gave me that vibe and I, I just I liked her character line in Han Solo's movie. And yeah, I I, I wanted to do a five oh first kit, but I didn't know what I wanted to do and that just came out perfect. 
Yeah. And it's always cool to see Revan and Bastila cosplays. Like, it's it's so interesting because it's a video game that came out in 2003, and there are still people cosplaying uh, as KOTOR characters today, you know? And you're probably one of the most prolific, like, Bastila and Revan cosplayers that I, I've seen, you know? Like... Uh, kind of on the Star Wars Instagram community side of things. Um, I guess when you guys cosplay, like, do you kind of act like the characters? Like, do you kind of cosplay in character, or do you kind of just have fun? Well, for me, since I've only seen, I've only know what Dominic has told me, and a few little clips when he plays, I don't really know a lot in the sense of taking in the character. Um, I just. I guess I just embody a Jedi, if, if, that gets, if that makes sense. And we've only cosplayed together once in last December. Because um, where we were at last December, we kind of went back into a shutdown, which we didn't go trooping. And then it got hot, and I'm more likely to take the heat, and he isn't, because he wears mm-hmm. full black with a mask head covered everything so I cosplayed a lot more um after our reopening versus he did so we actually haven't we've only done it once together yeah but that doesn't mean that like like for me when I when I did that one yeah, troop as they call it as Revan I stuck to the character and that was basically like in the video games he's kind of silent if you don't count the old Republic MMO um he's silent he just has the mask and he's just intimidating in his position and that's how i try to portray him um in real life and i remember there was actually one kid who who was shy like he was scared to come up to me and um i tried like kneeling down to his level so that he wasn't afraid of me and i had the two revan lightsabers and i offered like one for him to hold for a photo and his parents were like edging egging him on like yeah take the photo or take the lightsaber right do do a photo um, so I didn't, I don't speak at all when I do play as, as Revan. Um, but, and also that's another weird thing too, when the, at least in the Star Wars community, particularly with these organizations, the 501st and whatnot, they try to also, uh, try to have you keep in mind, like try to be accurate as these characters. So that was another thing mm-hmm. too, but with Revan in particular, it's not that hard. He doesn't say much. Um, I, I thought about, you know, getting one of those, like, microphone like hidden lavalier mics in the mask and have like a speaker to where it's kind of like as you've heard him in the game when he speaks or someone else speaks through like a head uh, uh, an mm-hmm. armor thing right where it's kind of like mechanic uh mechanicized in a, in a bit yeah and if, in case i were to speak it sounds a little different but i haven't invested too much into that just yet but that's something that's been on my mind i met a, a stormtrooper and they they had that mic, and I was like, "How did they do that?" Like, <laughs> it it was so cool. So. Yeah, they usually have that for stormtroopers or like um, Boba Fett and Vader will really try to do that. So they it's more of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's usually like a radio box right here, and then like you like like a like a secretary. Um, I don't know what's called, but like you know how secretaries have it right here. Oh, okay, yeah. Like that, and then it connects, and then this is where, like, the speaker is. That's, oh, okay. that's what I've seen for Vader. 
Yes, uh, for some of these, they actually take lines out of the movie and they basically just have it on a loop, like a little, like she said, like a little Bluetooth speaker, so just automatic. For there was actually a local person here who does Vader, and in his glove are like different buttons, I think, and each thing does a does a different uh, reaction. So he has speakers on his belt, and he just presses a button, and then you hear a quote from Darth Vader. Um, other people get a little bit more fancy where like, especially the Mandalorian, uh, kits where they actually have a microphone in the helmet and there's a speaker mm-hmm. in one of their pouches. And when they speak, you know, it sounds mechanical and that's fine. Uh, but for other more accurate characters that there, there's workarounds. Yeah. Like, um, how he said for Darth Vader, um, Boba Dessel does the fingers and also Jawas, they have the fingers too, where they'll make the noises. Mm. Yeah. What is it Jawas say? Is it Houtini or something? <laughs> yeah, Houtini. basically. Yeah, yeah, or like, or they yell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should go into being a, a Jawa voice actor, you know. What, <laughs> what's the Mandalorian one? Asuka? As- Asuka. Oh, is that? For, or, oh yeah, for the uh, egg. Yeah, for the egg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like they're saying sugar in Spanish. Asuka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, Jawa, I think, is your calling. So when we start, <laughs> when we start doing cosplays, uh, you can go go for the I Jawa. I keep going to Jawa. I think it's everyone's dream to be like the number one Jawa. So they're fun. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. We have a few of our friends also that have like armor kits. They have Jawas mm-hmm. too, and you can just act like a kid. You can steal things. You can like go behind. I could steal things, and I'm in. I'm in character, so it's okay. So right, that actually like, yeah. did happen to me. We went to the solo premiere here locally, and I think this was like a couple months before we started participating in in these groups. So we go to the theater, and they had all the the five hundred first people come out, and I think Rebel Legion and the Mercs, and I, we were standing in front to buy the tickets for the movie, and. I have my sunglasses behind my head and a Jawa took my sunglasses and they just go <laughs> running off. And then fast forward about a year and a half later, we're talking amongst our cosplayer friends and someone's talking about Jawas and how they steal stuff. They're having a lot of fun. And I tell that story, how they stole my glasses. And one one person in the chat, they're like, that was you who I stole the sunglasses from? It was me, the Jawa. And we're just like, <laughs> what a small world. Like, we just busted up laughing. It's so great. Did you get your sunglasses back, though? I did. I did. Oh, they give it back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there's no better transition, you know, from Jawa's stealing things to uh, how did you discover KOTOR, you know? I'll oh. let Dom say that because he has more experience. <laughs> yeah, you said you said you just finally played it for the first time six years ago. What what prompted it? What? Oh you know? man, I I hate being late to some things, but I was actually spoiled on Kotor back in high school. One of my best friends he played it on the PC, um, and and he told me the whole story of Revan and Rut and whatnot. So I already knew that big twist ahead of time, but I didn't know what, what transpired. I didn't know all the other characters and that it was like a, an RPG. Didn't know that, but yeah. So when I got into college, I finally got like my first laptop and, um, got exposed to steam, the big gaming platform. You can buy all these games. So I was like, Oh, like I can finally play these star Wars games. I never grew up with. So it was KOTOR, KOTOR two and all these other ones. And I finally got it, sat down, and I just played it, and I was so enveloped into the story. Uh, my, you know, disregard the gameplay mechanics, but I love the story and like the lore, what you learn about these characters, and how 
you know, from act to act, planet to planet, and um, I just fell in love with the game and how the story unfolds and how you can discover different things. You can go on these quests and just to, you know, just discover all these new things. And despite, you know, whether or not you can consider them canon or, or not, but I just loved it, you know, all of just like the ancient stuff. And that kind of harkens back to our earlier conversation of like how I love history. That's another reason why I love KOTOR so much. And probably that's my favorite thing about it is just like how you learn things from the past and like how they allude to different things of like, oh, the builders and how they created this big uh, weapon or whatever. Or these builders were the first people to uh, travel the galaxy. Like they, they were the first people to develop hyperspace technology. You're like, oh, who were these people? What were they? Or what, what's the Rakatan Empire or whatever it was called? Um, and that was kind of like my, my story with it. And... And then with KOTOR 2, I was just like, oh, like this continues on and whatnot. Okay, cool. You're playing these different characters. Some are the same. And yeah, I just fell in love with it in college. And it always just stuck with me in the back of my mind where I think in terms of like Star Wars games and like storytelling, it's one of the best, if not the best out there, in my opinion. Um, I think mechanically the gameplay can do a lot of updates, but um, I, I just love the, the game overall. And that's why I think, you know, Revan's probably my favorite Sith Lord because his whole story arc of start to finish, you know, being a Jedi, becoming a Sith Lord and being redeemed by the end of it. And even post that, when if you go more to the Revan novel and the MMO and like how his story finally concludes, oh, it's just all fascinating to me. Um and then just over the years, I just told Erica, you know, what KOTOR is and, you know, who's Revan and who's Bastila and, like, who's Darth Malak and, and all that stuff or this this uh, Sith Emperor. Um, and then she found that very interesting, too. And then even, like, the Mandalorian stuff's in there as well. And, she, and her and I both love that stuff. So that's how I kind of get got her a little bit on board overall. And now I, I'm looking forward to the Switch uh, now supporting KOTOR and then eventually the remake that comes out, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, but that's kind of our our take on it. I will say though, um, after learning about Kotor and the history, like I'm actually excited to play it when it comes out for Switch because I've always said like we need more Sith, like yeah. more Sith content. Like I'm I'm a little played out with the Skywalkers stories and the Jedi's. I'm I'm a little tired about that. I I want there to be Sith content like i'm excited for the new sith series coming out um, Acolyte, yeah yeah so when he told me about it i was like oh my god there's all these sith and they like wh- like why can't we have in like movies or more content on that storyline like i feel like if he never told me about this game i wouldn't really know about that era so like i i would be i think i would for sure be interested in the storyline more once i play and everything because Again, I like, like, the gray Jedis. I like more of the villains. Like, I do like Jedis and light side, but I al- I've always favored more of that, like, um, was it, like, a good chaotic character? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, KOTOR, I, I love it because you don't have to deal with, like, the Skywalkers, like, Vader or Luke. It's 4,000 years before that. And... You kind of like it, just kind of frees up, um, kind of the the story to to be its own thing. You're not kind of constrained by like the rule of two yet, uh, 
and like different rules, you know, like that there are in the like with the prequel trilogy, original trilogy canon, you can kind of do your own thing. And it is cool to kind of like delve and like it's kind of like a timeless Star Wars story, but within like a, an an older feeling kind of medieval universe in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. A horrible example of an archaeologist, like, in reality is Indiana Jones, but in a way, like, I, I kind of feel like KOTOR is inspired by Indiana Jones, you know? And you kind of, like, mm-hmm. get to learn more about an ancient Rakatan empire, an infinite empire, so-called, you know? And it's just so cool. Um, and you kind of discovered it a little bit later than me, Dom, but... I think it's just so interesting, Erica, that you you discovered it, like, kind of not through playing it, but, like, kind of, like, just being told the story. Am I kind of understanding that correctly? Yeah, being told, um, showing pictures, and I would, I saw a little bit, of, a little bit when he would do, like, the gameplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, like, for me, too, when I am going to do a, co- a costume, I do, I, like, go deep into it I like look it up I I have a lot of different things and I think through that research I also like learn too yeah Yeah. and then I also showed her um when the old republic MMO came out like they had all those gameplay like cinematic trailers right oh they're those they're epic exactly I remember when those came out I was so blown away because I was just like these are lightsaber fight techniques that they need to expand on in the movies like this is phenomenal (laughs) but there was one clip in particular. Uh, I'm not sure when it came out during the whole scope of the MMO, but there's you can find it on YouTube. If you look at like Old Republic's uh, timeline, there's like about a 50 minute video where there's a whole narration uh, by this Jedi named uh, Nostaral, I believe his name is. And when the game came out, there was actually a physical journal by this Jedi, and it, but, but the video is just his verbal. Uh, representation of of the book and basically he goes over the, all the ancient stuff there's this whole timeline like it goes it starts off like oh 39,000 years before the battle of yavin it's like the republic is formed and or the tython is is founded it's that the, the force is discovered then it starts going into the early days of the old republic and then you know the then he starts going to the whole narration and i showed erica that whole clip and i'm like babe this is a whole like history regardless if you if what Disney says if it's canon or not, it head canon in my in, at least for me, like this is how far Star Wars goes back. And there's mm-hmm. like so much potential here. And that's why I loved Kotor, because like you said, you know, they explore like this medieval era of Star Wars, even though yet it's still futuristic technology, but it goes into like how the force was used differently or interpreted differently or even way older of these different species and what they've done and what's their story in the grand scheme of things in this galaxy. Um, so I think that just helped to broaden her mind of just like, whoa, it's not just the movies. It's not just, you know, the Clone Wars or the Rebels TV shows. There's way more out there, even more than the books to an extent. Yeah. KOTOR is so interesting because you have a whole lot of Jedi and you're not just fighting like a couple of Sith. It's like a an army of Sith. It's like, I would say like, it seems like the Sith and the Jedi kind of have equally sized, I guess, maybe not armies, but factions, you know? And mm-hmm. um, it's not just like a couple Jedi, a couple Sith, you know? Uh, 
it's evenly matched and it really is just so interesting because it's a tumultuous time like I mean looking at the story like practically all the Jedi on Dantooine I think they like all turn to the dark side like it's just so interesting to see like kind of like the dark and light-sided stories kind of play out in a a different kind of way and I mean in the sequel trilogy we see like a a dyad and then when I was like watching that in theaters I'm like oh my goodness a dyad that's been unseen for generations I'm like I'm taking that nugget and making it so like (laughs) KOTOR is canon you know and like Ray has a yellow lightsaber Therefore, KOTOR is canon, you know? And it's like, Ray healed a a snake worm thing that makes KOTOR canon, like, kind of, like, taking things and running with it, so. Or uh, even just, like, uh, the Mandalorian, season two with the crate dragon, how there's the the crate, uh, the little egg that the Jawas or the Tusken Raiders discover, like, that was in KOTOR, KOTOR's canon. Yeah, (laughs) I'm really glad they acknowledged that, and... I guess that episode made Dune canon as well because they basically had the worm in it. So yeah, the big I, the big sandworm. Yeah. Yeah, the crate dragon worm thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on a bit of a Dune kick. Like, but yeah, that's not obvious. I guess like if you're following <laughs> my profile at this time. Um, I mean, I may have posted on my story that I'm looking for the Atreides bull statue, you know, based on Italian futurism, you know, kind of style art, but, you know, that's not obsessive at all. So, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but, um, are you, you guys saw the, the remake announcement, like, are you guys pumped for the remake and are you kind of excited to see what kind of different designs there could be? Oh yes, um, I I was the one that broke the news to Erica. I did not realize there were rumors, obviously, that maybe a remake was going to come to fruition. I suspected something was going to come out because they kept releasing different like O Republic related like merchandise. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, something the, the, was coming. Yeah. So like the Darth Revan pop figure series. So like she has Bastila. I have the two Revans and Darth Malak. I'm like. Disney wouldn't be doing this just for like just a simple money grab. I mean, yes, a simple yeah. money grab is all for business, but I'm like, come on, like if I was in marketing, you gotta tease something for something, right? Yeah. I mean, even a Zalbar figure, honestly, I'm like, uh yeah. Zalbar? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so and then when when that announcement came up, I was I I saw the the video. It was just something Star Wars and you know you hear the line i'm guessing it's bastila where she's doing her own spiel of jennifer like the, the, hill yeah yeah and then you know you see the the hooded figure and i'm like that looks a lot like revit and then boom lightsaber so then yeah you see the the lightsaber and it's revit and then it says kotor remake i was like hallelujah praise the force pr- praise all the, the the gods out there you know we got <laughs> we got a remake and i sent it yeah. to, to erica in a chat and she's like well time to buy a ps5 now <laughs> <laughs> that's the hard thing um it yeah be that's interesting true. to see when it comes out and uh i mean i'm so invested in the old republic but i'm like now i have to get a freaking ps5 you know <laughs> <laughs> no what you do is you just you just find someone 
that you can watch play on Twitch, and then you can just mm-hmm. live vicariously through them. That, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. people do do that. Yeah, I, I have, I'm excited for it, too. I'm For sure I have to play the first game, so I know what's happening in the second one. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I'm really looking forward to the remake. For one, whenever there's a remake, I'm always excited for, like, outdated graphics. As simple as that sounds... I want to see like the updated visuals for these characters, and I feel mm-hmm. like it will—it's finally going to solidify the age-old question: like, how does Revan's mask really look <laughs> like? You know, because there's so many interpretations out there, and they're—they're they're all right, and they can all be wrong, and that's—I think that's fine. It's everyone's interpretation, but I think that's a little bit of the downside of the old technology, where it's just like you know things look really flat, it's a 2D kind of weird-looking thing. So I'm really curious to see what he's going to look like with the mask. You know, we already mm-hmm. got that a little bit for sure. Um, my biggest thing, though, that I'm looking forward to is just updated gameplay mechanics. Um, oh, the, for the sure. First, the first game, it's really clunky. And I remember, at least for me, I don't know if other people have experienced it, but, like, you know, you can be in the middle of a fight, and then as soon as the the fight stops, you know, you can't move your character anymore, so you have to, like, save the game, reload that checkpoint, and you, it's, like, rinse, repeat way too many times by the time you're done with the game. So I'm I'm hoping they update that to where it's more of like a free action combat style kind of yeah. like newer Final Fantasy, maybe not too much like Force Unleashed route, but a yeah. nice balance where like you can you have a chance to ex- really take in the story and you know you just take your time with it, just at least make mm-hmm. it less clunky. Because isn't it um isn't it more of like command based right versus you could get to explore? Yeah. Yeah, they based it off of like dice rolls, like in Dungeons and Dragons. So it's yeah. it's kind of like this turn based thing. I'm hoping they do. Um, I think like in the Final Fantasy VII remake, they have it where you can switch between like the new, like the new style or the old style. So I hope they kind of incorporate something like that where you can, where you can pick if you want to play it like like the old school version, or if you want to you know do kind of this updated more uh, action combat kind of thing. I feel yeah. like that will probably be the most accurate thing that they'll probably do to that game. That way it doesn't steer too f- too far away from the original gameplay style, but it's more modernized and you have more control, but not too much to where it kind of yeah. like breaks the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to a little bit of an updated story, um, updated graphics. Like, what do the the robes look like because in KOTOR I was very you know kind of disappointed in the robe options you know so (laughs) it would be cool to kind of see updated like robes of the old republic you know and kind of to see like are there different like costumes can you kind of like uh customize them a bit can you dye like Karth's orange jacket to be green or like I don't know uh just kind of to see like different like uh details you know and definitely updated gameplay for sure like if they can only change one thing it's like update that gameplay uh because i think it was cool but i think to kind of reach a wider audience in this kind of more contemporary uh gaming market like you kind of just have to do it a little bit differently and i would prefer something kind of like a bit open world but like uh, where you can explore, but, like, it's kind of like, uh, there's a goal, you know? Like, 
I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say like I would prefer this or something like Uncharted, but I think like we have the best minds and the best writers working on Knights of the Old Republic right now. So I'm just pumped and excited for the future and I'm really excited for the revitalized fandom uh, centering around Knights of the Old Republic and honestly the fandom for Knights of the Old Republic really hasn't gone anywhere. I feel like it's strong as ever, but I can't wait to see just kind of more people find this entry point to Knights of the Old Republic or kind of refind it. And uh, for example, like, I can't wait to see you guys like kind of cosplaying it and like maybe even playing it for the f- the remake for the first time. So that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, the Old, Old Republic fan base in particular, it's like it's only a little subgroup of Star Wars fans where you know they've been asking for a remake for a very long time and you know it just modernizes the game and i think you know i think you're right to assume that it's probably going to be more more open world not too much um i think it's gonna be in the same vein as like final fantasy 7 remake or god of war 4 where it was more open world compared to the original games but not Mm -hmm. too much like skyrim or the other ones yeah. Uh, where there's just simply too much to do because Star Wars, there's an overall story to it and there is, at least in my mind, there has to be an end goal. So I think that's where yeah. it's going to be. But yeah, and then for me in particular, like I've been wanting Erica to play Old Republic for a while. So maybe at least when it comes to the Switch, that'll probably be her first real run through of it. And then when yeah. it comes out on PS5, we can like play that and watch that together. Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be much easier for me to play on the Switch versus because, like, I don't, on my Mac, I don't have any games downloaded, so I'm going to have to use his computer, and he games a lot, or he video edits, so that kind of limits my time, so, and I think I would play it more on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the Switch is perfect for RPGs. Yeah. So, did you have any um, uh, accounts, groups you want to plug, or, like, future cosplays uh, we can watch out for? Um, right now I'm not cosplaying and I don't, my future cosplays are on hold. I will love to do Jin Urso, but as of right now, mine are on hold. Uh, for me, I, it's on pause for right now. I'm waiting for a new armor party scheduled, uh, uh, to be scheduled. I'm actually planning on putting together a Republic Commando kit, um, specifically Fixer from the game. So he's the, the one with the green outline. Um, mm-hmm. just because there's a central California garrison here where some of the members are wanting to do Delta Squad. And uh, the main clone person, he told me, Dom, if you do Fixer, we will have our own little Delta Squad group complete because I do boss. We got someone else doing uh, Scorch, um, uh, the, other, the other one, but they're like, we don't have a Fixer. And I was like, all right, you sold me because I had been wanting to do a clone kit for a while, but I I didn't like, I didn't want to just be a basic clone trooper. I wasn't too blown away too much by like, you know, just being a, you know, a normal grunt as they say, but I love the blue outline, like the 501st troop, but I'm like, ah, like I, I wouldn't be happy. Like I, I love Republic Commando. I just kept going back to that one. So did some research, spoke to some of the main clone people and they referred me to another person named polymer armory um who does the kits uh it's uh the vacuum sealed plastic um so basically you know you decide you just 
you know, pay for the base value and then you buy these separate parts that makes you that character. So Fixer has specific parts compared to Boss. Um, so that's in the works. It's going to take a while uh, just between sessions of with armored party groups. And uh, just because, like, I have to conform it now to my size because I'm a pretty skinny guy and it's kind of bulky. Uh, so it's got to be trimmed. It's got to be painted and whatnot. So typically what I've been told for these kind of kits will take about a year, year and a half. So it's nowhere near completed. I already got the plastic at least. Uh, you know, it's, it's sitting in a box ready for me to have that meeting. Um, so that's coming down the pipeline and hopefully at some point, a, a Mandalorian kit. Uh, so I don't know when, <laughs> um, I would say, um, if you want to see more content, um, with our cosplaying, you can follow me at Vader Queen Zamora. Um, also our bases, uh, mine for Rebel Legion is indoor base. And then ours for 501st is, um, Central California Garrison or South Valley Squad. Okay. Awesome. 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 Yeah. And I would imagine everything's uh, going to start ramping up here for, as we get closer to celebration uh, next year. Uh, do you, do you both have plans to go to that? Are you going to be able to make it out this year or I guess next year for, for that event or. Well, we had, t- we have tickets that we got when they first went out, but for other reasons, we are actually not going to be attending. We were planning to attend. We had our tickets, our hotel ready, but it's not in the works now. <laughs> okay, well that's that's fair. I I don't I don't think that uh, either Cassie or I are uh, planning to go at least at this time. Anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, it'll be fun to uh, see all the pictures from it and uh, watch yeah. some of the stuff online for sure. So, yeah, was there anything else we wanted to talk about, Cassia? Um, I think that about covers it. But thank you guys so much for joining us and. I can't wait to see uh, what happens in the future. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, we're, we're looking forward to when this gets all put together and cosplaying some more. So people will definitely see us more. With me, it'll be through my wife because she, she does all the posting of the photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll right. probably most likely be me. <laughs> definitely, yes. So make sure you go and follow Vader Queen Zamora on Instagram and follow along. And thanks for uh, listening in this week. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. And you can find us on Instagram at Old Republic Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Old Republic Podcast. And the Old Republic Podcast can be found on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscription, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro theme was composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisMowersMusic.com. Our outro theme was composed by Alistair Sherman at AlistairSounds.Wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. And our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at ChristianWalkerMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.